You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey besties, welcome back to Two Besties, One Brain Cell. I'm your host, Kara, and today I'm joined by Ethan Young, better known as Umami Puppy. Thanks for having me, Kara. You're so welcome. Thanks for coming on the show today. So me and Ethan have actually like been acquainted for quite a while, like a yeah. few years. More than that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like, like maybe early uni, early uni, which would have been like, like minimum 2013, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been a while. I've known you for quite a while. That's crazy. It's been yeah. so long. Oh my God. I just yeah. remember, I don't even remember how we met, but I remember there was, um, I have a photo of us on my Instagram. Have you seen it? Yeah. yeah with, I know which one it is. Benny? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, it's with someone else. And I think I'm like holding onto him or hugging him or something. Yeah, yeah. our heads all like mashed together. Yeah. I think it was, it was Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I didn't really like see or hear from you in a while, in like a few years until you popped back up, like doing all your umami puppy stuff. I think that's one thing that I really value as part of this business is mm. that I get to reconnect with a lot of people that I haven't seen for so long. And yes. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice because without umami puppy, I don't think I would have seen or caught up with a lot of the people that... I get to see now and even having this opportunity with you it's yeah it's pretty fulfilling yeah. yeah I feel like um like as you get older it becomes harder and harder to like make plans with people or like to just catch up with people that doesn't involve like seeing them for a reason or like yeah definitely. usually it's often like work related or either that or like a celebration but you know mm-hmm. really like I don't know I feel like you don't tend to just hang out with people as much like the older you get yeah unless agreed. like something happens to bring you together so yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you actually started? Well, maybe like tell the listeners what exactly Umami Puppy is. We yeah. just skipped right past that. Uh, so Umami Puppy is my business. Uh, it is a chili oil company that started in the lo- in lockdown in July 2020. So it started off as just like a passion project. You know, mm. I thought I'd sell a few jars to friends and family. I mm. posted it on Instagram and thought I'd, you know, I just wanted to see who was interested in grabbing some jars and, you know, a few people ordered that week. And then, um, as they would order, they would post Instagram stories and I yeah. would kind of reshare what they posted and that kind of like built that hype. I remember initially. like, I would always see you reposting like people's DMs to you where they're yeah. like, Oh my God, it's so good. And I was just like, whatever, <laughs> like I'd read it. And I'm like, cause I'm not really a foodie. Yeah. Um, and I've never really been like that into chili oil because I feel like most of the chili oils I've tried have just been like oily and spicy, but I haven't really yeah. added like much flavor other yeah. than spice to things. So exactly. I was never like that into chili oil. And then I just kept seeing you like <laughs> reposting like, oh my God, Ethan, it's so good. And I was like, fuck, fine, I'll try it. And you caved. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did. Um, but I also like, I'm not much of an online orderer. So I waited until I saw it like in a, a grocery store near me and yeah. I was like, oh, I can finally try it. I've seen it. Um, and yeah, it is 
really good. Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it means a lot to get get the support from from mm. everyone, and I think that it yeah it was it was it was kind of my strategy mm-hmm. resharing all the DMs uh, on my stories just to you know create that hype and like further build on it because yeah eventually yeah. people would just it like, definitely oh, worked whatever. yeah <laughs> like, it worked it worked on me <laughs> it worked on you and you know after that it slowly migrated to its own mm. Instagram profile and then the website came along and mm. you know now we've got about seventy two store uh, stockists in Australia which is pretty oh, exciting oh my god that's so cool yeah. um. What was I going to say? <laughs> my fucking memory. Um, so it started off like you'd been making it just like at home for yourself for a while, right? Like you didn't um, start making chili oil with the intent of selling it. It was something you were like already doing. Yeah, this is something I've been doing for mm. quite a while. So mm. I reckon I got into food and cooking uh, in early uni. Mm-hmm. And then around that time, that's when I was like, oh, you know, I can probably start making my own chili oil at home instead mm-hmm. of just having to wait till I go to a restaurant to try it. So, you know, during uni days, I would invite a bunch of mates over and, you know, we'd hang out and I'd make it and everyone would take like a jar home. Oh, that's so cute. Just like a little fun, you know, thing you do like with your friends. Like did you make it together? Or like I would make it, but we'd be hanging out like, you know. They'd just be watching you cook. (laughs) Yeah, like it wasn't like, or they'd like come and like look at the wok and or the pot or whatever and like smell it and, you know, just like – wholesome uni activities um it was yeah it was really fun (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it was it was it was good fun and Mm. it's not it wasn't the same recipe as it is now because when i decided i wanted to start selling it on instagram that's when i really really put a lot of time and effort into trying to really uh cultivate the recipe to get it to the point where it is today like perfection exactly yeah okay so what what did you originally base like the recipe off did you have a particular um like was it like a family recipe or like a particular recipe that you'd had initially or like how did you start it off? What was the um, inception? We don't actually have a family recipe because mm. my parents are from Malaysia and mm-hmm. we don't really eat chili oil yeah. uh, in, um, growing up uh, as Malaysian. But we have like sambal and chili sauces, but I've always oh, yeah. liked spice. I've always really liked spice. So mm-hmm. that's what kind of inspired me to start making chili oil because I really liked it. when I Whenever I was a kid, I'd always go to like the Chinese restaurants and, and yeah. try them. So... Yeah, it's uh to get the recipe to the point it was it is at today. I would just pull what I could find on the internet and you know kind of throw in my own favorite um, seasonings and things like that because I know mm. cumin it's not really a traditional ingredient. Is that what gives it like the distinct taste? Because I was nah. like, what is that? Ta- like, what is oh, that taste? Because like, it, it doesn't be. taste like anything else. It could be, but it's 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 quite a big combination of so many other ingredients okay. and so many layers of flavors are going on that it could honestly if you removed any ingredient that's like removing a key yeah because yeah i think every ingredient is pretty essential to what what people are you know used to today Mm. yeah because i can't actually place like what any of the exact like flavors are when i eat it but i'm like it's just got such a distinct taste yeah it does yeah it's its its own flavor if you you think about it yeah Yeah. which is cool yeah that is really cool um so you you pretty much just made like an amalgamation of recipes that you'd tried until you yeah, got it yeah. to where it is. Until uh, I was happy with it. There were mm. so many terrible batches and, you know, either too spicy or too bitter or oh, yeah. too <laughs> this or that. It just wasn't – or too granularly or just too – yeah. Yeah. There were so many things off until I got it right. And then even when I started selling it, it only – it took another two months of, you know, experimentation while selling it to get it to a point where I was like, wow, this is mm. – Honestly, like now this is this is perfect. 
Yeah. And you were like happy with it. Yeah. And I was really happy with it. Yeah. At yeah. that point. Oh, that's cool. So where did it go from there? So you started off just selling it to like friends from your personal Instagram and then you ended up eventually making a page for it because you were spamming the shit out of your, yeah, your personal yeah. People account. People were pretty exhausted of yeah, like, we get it. Chili you oil. sell yeah, chili oil. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then what, where did it go from there? Like how did it grow? Uh, so I used to take, because I used to work a corporate job um, mm-hmm. Monday to Friday. I was a grad at uh, an accounting firm yeah. here in Melbourne. And so you're an accountant by education? Yeah, I studied commerce uh, oh. at Monash. So that oh. was my, my background. He's a commerce um, boy, girlies. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people do study commerce. It's not, a, it's not much of a sexy degree. Going into it, you think it's a sexy degree. No, yeah. boys who study it think it's a sexy degree. They're like, yeah, yeah I did commerce at Melbourne. Did you go to Melbourne? No, I went to Monash. Okay, yeah. okay, well, still kind of commerce good, at Monash. Yeah, yeah, I'm at Monash now. I can't, yeah. oh, I probably shouldn't. But yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, so I used to, because during my uh, d- days to working in uh, an, an office job, I would take annual leave or I would um, I would take public holidays off to go and approach stockists because, you know, we started off yeah. online on mm-hmm. Instagram, but, you know, later down the track, you know, I kind of realized that, you know, it could be on the shelves as well. Mm-hmm. So that's when I would kind of go in with a jar to, you know, a different store and I'd have this like two-minute pitch like that I oh, would kind of rehearse to what myself. What a salesman. And I'd go in and I'd ask for, you know, two minutes of the manager's time mm-hmm. and I'd speak to them, I'd introduce myself and mm-hmm. tell them a little bit about the story and, you know, always give them the jar and let them see it. And, you know, I, I never yeah. kind of push for the sale, but it's more like I just want you to try, try it. And it. Even yeah. if you don't decide to stock it like that's okay because yeah. i just want as many people in the world to try this well even yeah. if they didn't decide to stock it like you could potentially still be finding loyal customers from that because they might have like logistical reasons as to why they wouldn't stock it but like they might really like the product so yeah, exactly. it's still like you can't really lose right no, from doing I'm, that i'm more than happy to like i always yeah. give out jars yeah. all the time like just because you know i just want as many people to try it so yeah it's it i'm, I'm happy to do it well because yeah. word of mouth is so strong like it's probably the strongest form of marketing right well i reckon from agreed i I think statistically it is Mm. and we've got this little plug-in on our website that after someone makes a purchase it gives them a little survey about us hear about us and (laughs) yeah you know by landslide word of mouth is the 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 biggest biggest answer yeah like every time i buy a new jar i always post it on my story (laughs) i know yeah and i i appreciate that so much people People post stories. It's it means mm. a lot. Yeah. Well, like I feel like the the product is worth posting about. Like even if you didn't make it, I probably would. But it's also the element of like it's so cool to see people you know like creating successful like businesses or like doing really cool things. So I feel like I don't know. I love sharing that type of thing if I have the opportunity to like or to support someone. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's 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 really nice. It's mm. uh it's really fun to be able to share the journey mm. with people uh, through the Instagram audience. Also known as the Umami Party. Umami yeah. Party, that's so cute. You have uh, a little fan name. <laughs> no, it's it's well, it's crazy. Like I was, I was just, I, I think about it a lot. How there's just this whole community based off a condiment, yeah. and because nowadays it's pretty important to be digitally based if you're a business. You want to be on oh, yeah. Instagram at least. You want um, a viral TikTok or something. That that would be that's that's yeah. the next goal. But yeah, you definitely yeah. want to be on Instagram or Facebook at the bare minimum. Just yeah. Because of the geographical outreach it's got. Yeah. So you know, so many people out there and just you know, content as well. Like people look at stories and, and posts and reels and things like that. So it's it's good to keep that audience engaged. Yeah. yeah. So 
Let's just backtrack a little bit and talk about, so you were working in corporate job, you were an accountant, probably not the most um, thrilling job ever, I'm guessing. No. No. (laughs) Um, And as like a, like, is your personality, like, do you get bored easily? Like, do you enjoy like a new challenge or like, what was it that like made you want to? Yeah, I can't really sit still or be in an office chair all day. I really like, I really like just being out there. I love meeting new people. Yeah. My job's pretty unstructured and flexible that allows me to do that. Like mm. Monday to Wednesday, we're at a kitchen on our feet all day. But mm. I, I do I do enjoy like that. I, I do enjoy cooking and, you know, at the end of the day, it's for the customer. Yeah. So, you know. It's well, I think it's different. It. Like if, if it's your own business, like obviously what we do is pretty different. I do makeup for those of you mm-hmm. who don't know that. Um, so, yeah, I do freelance work. And I think the, the main difference in being able to – make yourself put in effort is like that there's such a tangible outcome like when it's your own business so when I'm doing makeup like I'm directly working like one-on-one with the client like I get to see the result straight away whereas if you're just like working for a big company I feel like you're just another piece in the puzzle like you can't really see the impact of what you're doing directly which makes it really hard to stay engaged for me anyway and I feel like it's a similar type of thing right? I I 100% agree because Mm. you're in control of not only the um, revenue that comes in, mm-hmm. but, you know, how much exposure your brand is getting and yeah. how much impact you're making with, you know, what you're doing on your socials and getting yourself out there. Yeah, and, and like seeing it directly, like with people that, I don't know, like you get to just directly deal one-on-one with the client a lot of the time, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so you were working full-time nine to five. At what point did you like take the leap to leave your job and go full-time a mummy? Uh, there was a lot of thought that went behind it because yeah. obviously it's a it's a very scary decision. Well, mm-hmm. at the time it, it was, and people that ask me that question now, you know, it's it's quite scary to even think of leaving your you know stable corporate job to pursue your business. Um, mm-hmm. It was May two thousand twenty one when I left, but I I'd, I'd, I'd thought about it for a while before then because in January twenty twenty one, that's when Umami was growing quite quite quickly, mm-hmm. and it was getting very very tough. You know, before and after work, doing things through mommy, going to the office because that was when lockdown was ending, and then on the weekends we were cooking all, all day, and then just managing everything in between, Mm -hmm. as as well as being in a very um, uh, brain intensive job during the day because you know you usually had a lot uh, in accounting, so it it got pretty yeah, got pretty (laughs) got pretty tough, and I actually had this um, actually had this meeting with my performance manager and my partner Mm -hmm. um. Sam and, and David, if you guys are listening. If you're listening to two besties, one brain cell. Are, are listening, but... <laughs> Wait, that just makes me laugh, the idea of, like, accountants listening to this podcast. <laughs> that's true, yeah. That's so funny, but hey, if you're listening, welcome. Um, yeah, go Yeah, on. we had a meeting and they, they, they kind of asked how they could help me because my performance mm. was really slipping. It's a very high-performing firm and everyone is a pretty intelligent switched on person that's um a sign of good management though the fact that they saw your performance slipping and they were like how can we help you be more engaged or how can we help help you perform better because i've had managers that are like what the fuck are you doing like yeah. get it together and i'm like okay i quit <laughs> i know they they were so supportive they, they obviously knew what was going on like i yeah. would go to the office and i'd bring jars pretty much every day yeah. because everyone at least one person in the firm would want it mm-hmm. and then they they didn't give me an ultimatum they just yeah, like what you said. How can we help you? You know, mm-hmm. what 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 do you reckon you need to need to do? And 
I would throw in suggestions and, you know, it wouldn't really work, like, you know, working part-time. <laughs> You're like a half-assing, like, oh, maybe I can make it work if we yeah. just change this. But in the yeah. back of your mind, I bet you were like, Yeah, I kind of knew, like, the conversation led to a point where I was like, where I announced to them, I was like, maybe I should, I should consider, like, trying it full-time. And when mm. I said that, I was like, whoa, that's, that's actually pretty rushed. scary. Yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> They were like, yeah, take some time to think about it. So I had like a week or two mm. before the next meeting. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, we had the next meeting. And I was like, guys, I think I'm going to give it a shot. And I haven't looked back ever since. Yeah. I love that they were so supportive, though. Like, I just feel like so often you hear about jobs where like managers aren't supportive at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they, the fact that they even gave you like two weeks to make your decision. Cause I feel like with a lot of jobs, when, as soon as you mention that you're considering leaving, they're like, all right, go then. And then they just like terminate you on the spot or like, don't really give you that time to like think through the decision and like, be sure that you're making the right one. Yeah. So kudos to them. That's yeah. I felt good. really supported throughout the whole time. And you mm-hmm. know, I, sometimes I, uh, I'll send them emails to update them with what's happening and things mm. like that. So we keep, still keep in touch. Cause... Wait, is this the job that you went to the party? The boat party? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. <laughs> that's a good story. So when you decided to leave your full-time job, like how did your parents feel about it? Were they supportive or what did they think? Well, they've always been pretty supportive with whatever I do. Wow. Uh, my mum's always been one of my biggest fans. She uh, wow. She's always been like, you know, like whatever decisions I make, she's 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 there for it. Mm-hmm. My dad was playing devil's advocate a bit more, just kind of you know laying down the uh, struggles of running a business and mm-hmm. the problems you can encounter. And has he run a business himself? Yeah, he uh he had a he had he had a couple not with himself, but you know with friends or mm. family friends or something, and they, none of them really worked out. So he because the the statistic is that you know I think ninety percent of small businesses fail in the first three years. Oh, that's terrifying. So, like, you, like, obviously, like, the risk is high, and you know, I, I worked pretty hard to get this grad role as well. So, mm. he was pretty happy when I started, and you know, he's always kind of pushed that, you know, nine to five Sorry, corporate I thought... role. Sorry, I thought my mic wasn't working. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, there you go. You can see me laughing. Um, yeah. So he, well, I think that's pretty natural for a parent to, to have concerns over like a potentially risky decision, especially if it's like you leaving behind a career that you've been working towards for the last like yeah. however many years of your education. But in saying that, I feel like you can always go back to those jobs. Like you what's can. really stopping you yeah. from getting an accountant job in like five years time if this didn't work out? Nothing, right? Yeah, the thought frightens me though. <laughs> I know. Well, now because you've <laughs> yeah. had a taste of something so much more exciting. No, I don't think I'll – like I know that option is always there. Yeah. But that's why I work pretty hard to make sure I'll never end up in that, dis- that position again because I – I don't think I could go back. And I, I love what I do right now. So I, yeah. I just want to, I really want to see where I can take it. So where do you see Mummy Puppy going in the next like few years potentially? Uh, well, so right now we still do everything out of our kitchen in Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as as fun as it can be, you know, being with a bunch of people like in the kitchen and mm-hmm. working, um, you know, it's, it's it's pretty exhausting. And yeah. especially because we make so much chili oil. So. Yeah. Right now, we're, my brand manager and I are in the process of negotiations with a contract manufacturer so that we can, you know, really try and scale this business. And, you know, instead of me, you know, walking around Sydney with a backpack full of jars, you, know, you can just meet <laughs> with distributors and, oh. uh, and and try and get it into a lot more stores um, 
you know, because we'll, we won't have any inventory issues. So how does that work? So, yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, I've always wondered when you create a product, how do you get it into stores? And so I know for you, you've been going into stores and they're usually like smaller independent grocery store type yeah. of vibes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go in with the product, you give it to the manager, you tell them yeah. a bit about it, make a pitch. Yeah. So how, like, how would it work with a distributor? Like, how does that then work? So you'd have to, like, I've got, you know, a bit of experience with them now. Mm-hmm. I met with one in Sydney. So first of all, you, you need the connect. So mm-hmm. somehow you need to get your foot in the door to have that meeting with the distributor. Yeah. And you give them the product and they'll ask you some questions, you know, about you know, the product and, you know, the, the, your story as well. Because I think they like that too. And then, yeah. yeah, once they try it, then, you know, they they were like, yeah, we want to put you in X amount of stores um, because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have links to like, you know, 50 independents or 100 or depending on how big the distributor is. Okay. And then you sell it to them at a price that's even cheaper than the wholesale price. So the distributor price because they're getting you volume Yeah. all at once rather than you going into one store. So, yeah, that's when the scaling part is pretty integral because that's when you can really pump out the volumes and meet with different distributors around the country or around the world. So then you don't have to go in yourself and talk to the no, stockers basically no. but i feel like that's like part of the child like i feel like you going into stockers would like really really help sell it because you're so like vibrant and like enthusiastic and you can really tell that you're passionate about it when you talk about what you do so not saying that you- <laughs> it sounds like i'm being like no don't get a distributor keep doing everything yourself that's not what i'm saying but um i, I feel like that's obviously why it's been working so well for you like thus far yeah it's um well when i do when I was in Sydney doing this, mm. I definitely felt like a startup, you know, having my backpack full of jars in the bus <laughs> and, you know, telling my story. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, to really scale the business, especially wanting to grow quickly, mm-hmm. you know, that it won't be an efficient use of my time. But right yeah. now, I think at, at the stage it's at, because we're still in the very early stages, mm-hmm. Mami Papi's only been around for about a year and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's it, this is part of yeah the early days sort of stories. Me going to Sydney and doing this, and then later on, like you know, I, I won't be doing that, but I'll be able to look back on these moments and go, man, like what a great week that was, meeting all these different stockers yeah. and exploring the different suburbs and yeah. Oh my god, was, that's so funny. Awesome. Um, funny story. Ethan called me and he was like, "Cara, I'm going to Sydney. I need to know like where is worth <laughs> trying to drive and find parking and where is not." And I was like, "That's yeah. actually such a good question with Sydney because." There are some suburbs where I just wouldn't even try to find street parking like during the day or at certain times. So he's like running through the list of suburbs with all the stockers. And I'm like, yep, drive. That should be fine. Yep. Street parking. I'm like, nope, no chance. <laughs> CBD, don't even try. Yeah, I didn't try with CBD. I think no. we got, I got to about Newtown and I found a spot and I was like, right, Newtown's hit and miss too. You yeah. have to go to like, you can't do the street. It has to be like the yeah. backside streets usually. Oh, okay. Generally, yeah. did you get a main street? Yeah, like but a- it was like middle of the day during the week. Wow. So I was pretty lucky. Lucky. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Never yeah. even like don't bother on a weekend night at Newtown. You'll park yeah. like 30 minutes walk away from your restaurant. <laughs> but, um, so now that you're, you've kind of been doing this for a good like year and a half or wait, when did you go? I left in May. in May. I left my corporate job in May. So I was able to go full time in Mami then. Yeah. So, so since you've been... been doing it full time, like what, how do you find the difference between like working nine to five for someone else and working for yourself? Uh, oh, there's definitely pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one pro of working for a company, especially a big one, is that you have your whole camaraderie of you know work friends and things like that, and you know yeah. um, like 
office drinks or you know uh, different work gatherings like there's <laughs> office of, drinks is the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> well i didn't what do you exactly... miss about a nine to five friday night drinks <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that that kind of ties into my personality yeah. i wasn't oh i think i you know was there for the social element but you know i wasn't a great accountant oh my god i asked you for help with my taxes <laughs> do you remember i do remember yeah yeah. Oh, so could have with that. Like, I have an accountant now that does, mm. even though I was one. <laughs> no, you're an yeah. accountant. Actually, no, I think you did lead with that. You were like, just letting you know, like, I'm not the best. No, I wasn't very good. <laughs> no, I'm a bit so better funny. at this now. But yeah, yeah the, the, the pros of running your own business is there's a lot of unstructure, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really good because, you know, you might be working till like midnight one night. Mm hmm. But, you know, it's your own business and it's you're not counting on the clock. You're, you're like, it just needs to get done. Yeah. yeah. Or and, like sometimes um, do you get so stuck into something you can't make yourself stop and you're like, holy shit, yeah. it's 3 a.m. and yeah. I'm still researching like some random like little thing for my business. Cause <laughs> Usually I I'm pretty good, like not till 3, but yeah, okay. till late, till midnight. Like, and I don't take long lunch breaks anymore. Back oh. then, I, you know, I, I would, you know, take the full hour or whatever you're given. But mm. now it's like I just eat and then get back to it. But then... Mm. You know, the other the other week it was like Monday, ten AM and I was like, I wanna to go to Chatty, I want some shoes. So I went to Chatty. Yeah, and cause like you, can. you know Yeah, because you can and I think that, you know, that flexibility is good, mm-hmm. but you know, you have to be you have to have a lot of uh, self discipline and, and, <laughs> and control because, you know, you could you know, you could just do nothing and have really unproductive days I feel without the boss. So attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's so true because that's one but thing I find. Um, well, yeah, since I quit my full time job to do my freelance work a couple months ago, um, I find like my days off. Like I have to really try to force myself to have structure. Like the night before, I have to list out all the things I need to do the next day. Otherwise, um, like I'll wake up and I'm like just crippled by indecision. So I'm working on that. But it sounds like you have quite a good um, structure going. So, what does a day in the average day in the life look like for you? Well, every day is pretty different depending on what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, for example, well, now that we've just moved to the new kitchen, we're cooking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And mm-hmm. then Monday, one of my staff will be packing the orders and sending them out from my garage. Mm. But then Thursdays and Fridays, you know, are free to do all my admin tasks and like emails and having meetings with my the different agencies that I have. And then the weekends are actually free now, so I can actually do things. But, you know, mm. going back to what you were saying about, you know, um, having a to-do list and, yeah. and the tasks that you need to do. One, one thing that I learned from one of the partners – um, at my old firm was that you need to categorize the priority of these tasks and he gave me this analogy with little rocks and big rocks mm. so with your task list you've got all these tasks written down but you need to you know classify each task as either a little rock or a big rock mm-hmm. and your little rocks you know are your tasks that need to be done but then they're, they're not high importance like uh, yeah. if you delay them like it's not the end of the world but yeah. Like your big rocks are the ones like you really want to get done. Mm-hmm. And instead of you going down your task list, doing them in order or doing this, the easy ones first, you should always prioritize your big rocks. The big ones and the yeah. little ones just fill in the gaps, hey? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's the big ones that are going to make that impact and you oh really God. need to get done because they're critical to whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. That's um, <laughs> something yeah. I'm so bad at. I'll be yeah. like, oh, my God. Like I always say the easiest way for me to get something done is to have something more important to do. 
<laughs> like if I have a more yeah. important task that needs doing, then I'll yeah. suddenly do this other thing I've been putting off forever. <laughs> like yesterday I had like so much shit to do and I was like, I'm going to pluck my eyebrows <laughs> and then <laughs> have my to-do list there and then I write pluck eyebrows so I can check it off <laughs> and feel like I achieved so you something. achieved something, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it so, had to be done. So that was a, that was a to-do yeah. list item. So uh, fair look. enough. Yeah, they look great. Thank you. <laughs> They're actually a bit of a mess today. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, but back to what you were saying about um, how you miss like the social aspect of working like nine to five. I think it's pretty cool that you've hired stuff and you're, the original stuff that you hired were like friends of yours, right? Correct. So you're kind of just like working with your mates. Yeah, it was pretty fun, the early days of Umami. Yeah. Um, now we've recently hired some, you know, some new people. Some randos. Some random people. <laughs> um, so honestly, you know, because mm. I haven't had much management experience. So mm-hmm. putting an ad on Seek and, you know, looking through resumes, doing phone interviews, oh God, having people come in for trials. So fun. Getting your employment contracts all done, your NDAs, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being someone's manager and having that responsibility on yourself is, is uh, yeah, it's it's the learning curve throughout this business has been, it's been massive. Mm. but. It's it's very gratifying, and I think honestly, it it feels so right what I'm doing. Like I feel like I was honestly born to do this. I literally get that vibe too. Like yeah. I, I'm like this just suits you so perfect. Probably because like that's like how I know you now. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, I literally can't imagine anyone else doing what you do the way you do it, and I can't imagine you doing anything else. I think it's like a perfect fit. Um, that's really nice. Thank you, Cara. <laughs> but would you? consider going back to study like like management or business or anything like that or are you just kind of learning as you go i've never been a studious person Mm -hmm. so i i think i'd it'd be more advantageous for me to do what i'm doing and learn on the job Mm -hmm. than for me to you know go back somewhere and you know uh read it through a textbook or yeah watch a lecture because i'm just i've I've just never been good at that like i've yeah yeah, well i feel like the majority of learning like happens on the job anyway. Mm-hmm. Like every, well, not that I've really done any work that was super related to what I studied, but I just feel like when you study, you barely absorb anything. And then as soon as you start yeah. working, putting those things into practice, that's when it really like sticks. Yeah, agreed. So yeah. yeah, you can literally learn pretty much anything on the job, except maybe like if you want to be a surgeon or something. Yeah, that's, I'd probably recommend <laughs> that school for that. Job. Yeah. Which is why that's to, there's a pretty high high benchmark for, for those sorts of roles yeah but YouTube's great too you can learn anything off YouTube oh yeah you like probably... chili oil <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like surgery <laughs> you can probably learn <laughs> surgery off YouTube <laughs> um yeah that's so true um was it weird when you had like gone from working with all friends and then you hired like the first random person did it like were the vibes um, off <laughs> well there's still some some friends that are working mm. um but two have left um so oh. yeah it's always a different vibe but you know, I always ask new 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 hires, you know, how do you find it? I'm always trying to be as supportive as possible because I know how yeah. it feels being being a new person in, in a new role. Yeah. And yeah, the first thing they they've always said is, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Which is oh, that's good. really nice. I think we we've created the culture the culture, of Mummy Party without culture. even realizing because Yeah. You know, that's I think that's that's something that's set from the get go. I think it helps being like young as well. Yeah. Like being run by like a business run by a young person and like obviously most of your stuff pretty young. Mm -hmm. And then well the stuff that you're outsourcing is going to people who are like older and more experienced, right? But correct. 
Correct. But the yeah. actual... The operations is yeah. all, you know, everyone's pretty young, but, you know, yeah. the digital marketing agency or my brand manager or my business development manager, they're all they're all, all much older and, mm. and wiser. Yeah, I was going to say, it's experience. good to have the, the wisdom there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. But, um, yeah, another thing I wanted to say is I feel like you are really receptive to feedback, mm-hmm. which is good. I feel like it really shows. Like, every time... Like, even when me and Joan, so me and my best friend went to go pick up, um, like, a bunch of jars to gift to people for Christmas because, like, I don't know, it's just the perfect small gift, I reckon, for when you can't think of, like, what to get someone. It's like you just want to give them something little, like, don't want to rock up empty-handed, you know, like a nice little, like a token gift. Bias coming from me, but I agree. Yeah. (laughs) It's perfect. So, um, yeah, me and my best friend, like, bought them for everyone for Christmas. And we went to go pick them up from his house and I think, oh, Joan was giving him some like a negative feedback that <laughs> someone had given, which was, that, yeah. by the way, that's the first time I've ever heard anyone have anything not amazing to say about it. I yeah. was like, oh, I can't believe she said that. Yeah. Um, and Ethan was just like taking it on board, like, oh, that's really good feedback. Like, thank you so much for letting me know. And I was <laughs> like, oh my God, I'd be like, oh, how dare she? <laughs> Like, a little part of me is like, you know. You're like, ouch. Yeah, but to be honest, like, you know, I always take, I read every review that comes in, mm-hmm. bad or good, mm-hmm. and, you know, majority of people, you know, love it. So, yeah, it's you know, overwhelmingly it's not, good. It's, it, it doesn't really affect me that much. If the bad ones like sting it. more. Sorry? The bad. They do sting a bit more, yeah. but, you know, I regardless, like, I, I always take that feedback, whether, whether it's critical or, or positive, because I think that, mm. that really helps you develop, mm. whether it's, uh, you know, in... In business or even personally, and, you know, obviously now people are very used to the flavor of umami poppy. So even if someone recommends something, you know, there's no way that I'm going to change it just for that one person. That one person. You're like, no oh, way. sorry, let me just go back to the drawing yeah. board and change my whole recipe. Let yeah. me just let the suppliers know yeah. too. Like, exactly. <laughs> just for that one person. Yeah. So that, that that's not going to happen. But, yeah. you know, when once we are co-packing and, you know, once – I've got a lot more experimental time in the kitchen for, you know, the next new products and things like that. That's mm-hmm. when that's when I will really want the feedback. So, you know, before anything goes to launch, you know, I'll be mm. coming over here with a jar of, you know, chimichurri <laughs> or, you know, teriyaki Ooh. or something and being like, look, you know, I'd love for you to try this and yeah. let me know what you think because, you know, it, it has to be perfect before yeah. we sell anything because now Imami Papi is not just a chili oil product, but it's a brand and, yeah. you know, people associate that with, with high quality and something delicious. So we, we really need to maintain that. Yeah. So what – um, are you still doing Roma? Or no. Did, was so that, that was, a limited thing? That was, a, that was like a summer promotional oh. product that we did in 2020 because mm-hmm. that's when tomatoes are peak season in Australia. Was it 2020? Yeah, end of 2020. Like December 2020 to February 2021. Stop. If yeah. you asked me, I would have been like, yeah, that was like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> No time yeah. perception whatsoever. Well, yeah, it's, it was it was a while ago, so yeah, yeah we, we didn't do it this this year round because uh, um, you know, Damien's found another role somewhere else, and oh, he left you. Yeah, he left. Yeah, <gasps> <What day? laughs> that's okay. We um, <laughs> there was no bad blood or anything. Like, it was just he he wanted something full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had some great times to, uh, together in the kitchen anyway. Because you're like old mates, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Um, so yeah, are you going to be bringing out any other um? Like lines anytime soon or probably not anytime soon. Mm. We've only just scratched the surface with um with Melbourne, I'd say, and yeah. we're just getting into the other states of Australia. So, so you're trying I to really get that all... nationwide. Yeah, yeah like really... get the chili oil really like, yeah, the set chili oil. first. Like yeah, one 
one thing is that, you know, during the early days of my journey, you know, you, you get a lot of feedback from, you know, people that have been in business for a lot longer than you. And mm. a lot of people were saying, oh, like, you know, when's your next product? Like, you can't just have one product. Like, you, you need oh. to have a range of products. And then this kind of, you know, it was kind of confronting because I was like, oh, like, maybe this business won't work because I only have one product. Because that, that was the common theme from a lot of older people. But, oh. you know, the business still today is only really had one product and it's it's yeah. been i'd say it's been working pretty well so i think you know i believe in the product now and i believe in my team and my customers so mm. as long as i can get this so to cute. as many more hands as possible because that's my goal anyway yeah so uh... yeah we, need, we we just need it all around australia and one day around the world <laughs> going global um have you would you go out to stockers um, interstate or would that be a job that your distributor would be doing moving yeah forward? like look it, it, i had such a good time in sydney meeting mm. all these different stockers and mm. you know i almost treated it like a mini holiday as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think the next time i actually do have time to to go interstate maybe it might be worthwhile just going straight to the distributor yeah yeah it was yeah. more like a yeah, because right now my brand manager is doing a lot of work, you know, behind the scenes. So yeah, it, it's probably it's probably it, it, I planned the Sydney trip before he had, you know, been in touch with his uh, distributors and stuff. So right. yeah, but so like right. may as well follow through. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But oh. who knows? We'll see. The beauty of business is that things are so uh, ever changing and dynamic yeah. that maybe I will be in Brisbane with the big uh, with a backpack. I was picturing you in Perth for some reason. <laughs> We have one stockist in Perth. Do you very, actually? Very, yeah, it's a very, very nice. Uh, well, I've never been, but mm. you know, from the website, it's a very nice boutique deli slash grocer, and I think they have a restaurant as well oh, called the Boatshed cute. Market. They were the very first interstate stockers, actually. Really? So, yeah. Um, what am I going to say? <laughs> How many times have I done that? You've got a prompt there as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I had something to say about what you said. Yeah. I'm stupid. Um, I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Looking back, I don't know how I did this while working my corporate job. I know. Well, because you we were slowly sitting... going back to the office. So like that's when it was really starting to... Because oh, work from home, you can me. get away with Yeah, that's how more. I was able to start <laughs> yeah. working from home. And I was a grad as well. But yeah, yeah eventually it was like... Because yeah, just... Fit... And having to cook on the weekends, yeah, it was... Oh my God. I don't know how I did it, but... Yeah, and then did, did. did you find <laughs> that like you were just sitting there at work all day <laughs> thinking about... Your yes. business. You're not thinking about work. You don't give a shit oh, about what's there in was, front of um, you. My friend actually came over the other night and he came mm. to get jars and... He's really into cars. So it he, sounds like you're a jar dealer. He came he was, to pick up some jars. <laughs> well, I am a jar dealer. He's a jar dealer. But yeah, my friend's really into like, you know, Japanese import cars and mm-hmm. stuff. So he, he told me the story that he went on like a like a, a photo shoot in the Great Ocean Road with like a bu- bunch of other car enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other guys is talking about Umami Papi. 
And then he was like, oh, like, you know, that's my friend's friend's brand. And <laughs> I know him. <laughs> he's like, oh, like, yeah, like my, my sister was telling mm. me about him. Apparently he used to work at her firm and, you know, he would bring jars all the time. And <laughs> oh, she, so she was his manager on this, on one of his jobs. And he was just like a terrible performer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just like wouldn't like, he, he, he would make mistakes all the time. And he was just always like thinking and talking about you, mommy, papi and this, in yeah. this business and, and then yeah, and he told me, and I just I just laughed. I was like, like that's when you're like, yeah, you knew it like, was time to go. She was probably pretty irritated, and to mm. be honest, like, like I don't I don't blame her. I honestly mm. I I felt bad for the people I worked with towards the end of my departure, just because they probably had to deal with you know my shitty. They work had to pick up the slack for you. Pick up the slack, and you yeah. know I just I. I, I was trying. Like I think one thing is my attitude's always been good to mm. to wherever I worked. I just probably mm. wasn't the best. No, but something's always yeah. got to give. Like when you overcommit or like when you've taken on such a huge load, no matter how badly you want to try and do everything and like balance everything, there's always going to be something that's taking the majority of your attention. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, like at some point you have to kind of be like, all right, what's it going to be? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I and I'm I'm one person that, if I'm really passionate about something, if I mm. love it, like I'll give it 110%. But yeah. if I'm not, I just I lose interest. That's just, exactly what I'm like too. I can't, yeah. I feel can't that. Do it. I was saying to Ethan before, I feel like um, we'd be the same personality type on like the 16 personalities quiz, but he hasn't done it. So I may have, but I can't remember my okay. result. Do it and get back to me. I feel like you're probably an ENFP, which is what right. I am, by the way. Do if it after this. Wondering. Yeah, we should. It's like right. a 10 minute quiz. You can cool. do it. I feel like, cause I always think that people who are, um, ENFP personality types have a lot of like ADHD type traits. So I feel like, like since I've confirmed that I have ADHD, I can't, I'm finding it difficult to differentiate between what is part of the disorder and what's mm-hmm. my personality. Like yeah. there's a lot of overlap, but I feel like you're like a more structured version of like my personality. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you have less issues with um, organization and structure and, you know, like all those type of things, but like still the same like enthusiasm and the same um, like creativity and um, the kind of like bursts of inspiration and like, you know, same energy. Yeah. Yeah, But just minus the struggles. (laughs) I think like running a business, I I have to be organized. Yeah. Otherwise. And then I think like part of my OCD will kick in if things aren't Mm. structured you know, obviously, like, my life is pretty unstructured day mm. to day, but then there's still systems in place so yeah. that the wheels of the, of the business can run. Yeah. Because without the systems in place, without some sort of organization, like... Well, like, it would literally fall yeah, apart. fall apart. Yeah. So you, you have to make sure the things... You have to make sure the orders go out weekly. Yeah. Stockists, you know, are paying and, you know, also yeah. receiving their stuff. So how does that and, work? So they do they just buy, like, a certain quantity off you at, like, a lower price and then do they mark it up they can or they uh they sell it at the same price as what we as your recommended retail Mm -hmm. okay do most stockers sell it for the same or yeah or they maybe price it up by 50 cents or a dollar okay which is fine because i Mm. think a lot of customers walk into the store and they'd rather just grab it off the shelf rather than pay for shipping and have to wait for shipping yeah yeah Yeah. so everyone's different yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm definitely more of like an in-person yeah. shopper. It's not even like the shipping fee that puts me off. It's like yeah. waiting for it. I'm so impatient. Or, yeah, um, you got to wait for it. Yeah. And, and I guess it's also like, like now the thing about it, like it's a food product, but mm. you're buying it online. Like it's generally food products, are, you, yeah. you buy them off the shelf anyway. So it's kind of like, I don't know how big ER 
the food and drink industry in e-commerce is. But I think yeah. compared to retail, it's obviously probably a fraction. But yeah. It would be because I feel like the only time you really would normally order a food product online is if it's something from overseas that you want to try. Yeah. But you can't get in a store get, here. Yeah. Yeah. But then so yours, um, your product's mostly stocked in like independent grocers. Is that kind of how you envision it to always be in like smaller stores like you wouldn't go into like a Woolies or like a Coles or something like that like uh, not so commercial nah so yeah Woolies and Coles probably not mm-hmm. and we're, probably, we're definitely not ready as well because yeah. we have to be at co-packing first but mm. uh, Coles Local actually we sent them uh, quite a lot of samples to the um, oh. the buying department there and are they like the mini ones so Coles Local is like some of the stores are actually quite big mm. but the difference between Coles Local and uh, normal Coles is that Coles local are usually in more affluent areas. Yeah. Uh, and where people, like the you bougie know, Coles. Yeah, yeah, where people like are willing to spend a bit more of a premium mm. on uh, better quality products. Like mm. they've got butcher meat from like, you know, Meatsmith, they've got, mm. you know, um, Laurent Bakery bread and, you know, they've got oh, okay. really nice, you know, like cheeses and, you know, a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more expensive grocery items that, you know, the people in those areas are willing to pay for and these are like southeastern like in a southeast suburbs like there's one in, in hawthorne yeah. collingwood oh, okay. st kilda brighton oh, okay yeah and then i think in sydney it would probably be in like uh you the know like, eastern suburbs yeah the eastern suburbs or like north, definitely yeah, yeah. oh that's yeah, interesting so. i don't think i've ever seen one before they're, they're really nice it. they're really nice and mm. they always yeah they always look really modern and is it really wooden inside i'm imagining like wood. Uh, the one i I've, I've, <laughs> the one near my house doesn't have isn't woody but there's an oh. orange juicer Mm. fresh orange juice and oh i've seen people snap yeah, these and places you can get, before like, you can get coffee as well and they have like the, the rolled inside one as well oh that's yeah. so random but yeah, they have like the random. bulk refillable oh, yeah, things right shampoo and conditioner yeah yeah it's yeah really, and yeah, it's for cool. like and fresh pasta grains and pasta yeah that's it okay yeah. so it, it's awesome so uh, they actually really enjoyed the products because we sent them samples and mm. so we're actually uh t- speaking with them now to mm-hmm. you know there's nothing concrete, but you know that's a little. I haven't really told anyone that actually. So oh, sneak exclusive guys! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fingers crossed that it it ends up in Coles local. Yeah. At some point this year. Oh yeah. yeah, fingers crossed for you. Um. Well, I think have we covered pretty much everything we wanted yeah. to cover? I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end it with my last question that I ask pretty much all my guests, which is, "What is your coffee order?" Oh, long black. <laughs> that was so boring. <laughs> so anticlimactic. <laughs> No sugar, just straight black. Yeah. A like a hot long black. Hot long black if it's cold morning. Yeah. But if it's you know a hot sunny warm, I'll get an ice long black or ice like a black. or cold brew or something. I just oh, don't like milk okay. or sugar in my coffee. Oh, I don't like yeah. like cow's milk, but um, I'll do like an oat oat milk. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, I can't do a hot long black. I could probably do an iced one. I reckon. Yeah, it's pretty strong, but mm. and it gets you. Yeah. Is that caffeine boost for the day? Yeah. It's in the morning, at least. Um, but don't you like to enjoy... Do you, do you enjoy the taste of it? I do. Well, I started doing it when I did intermittent fasting a long time ago. Oh, because you're not allowed to have to any, it. like... Yeah. And then calories. now that's all I drink because oh. I just got really used to it and I, I love it. And, yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, my God. I've made, like, three or four attempts to get into, like, just plain black coffee. And I never kind of yeah. have to do just, like, a dash of, like, oat milk or something in it to yeah. make it more palatable. But um, yeah, I feel like you can really tell a lot about someone's personality <laughs> by, <Yeah. laughs> by what coffee they drink. So what does Long Black say about me? 
I think you're a psychopath. Oh, really? <laughs> you're either a yeah. psychopath, really calorie conscious, yeah. um, or you're just like drinking coffee to get shit done. Okay. I guess it's a... All of the above. All of the above. I wouldn't say I'm a psychopath. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yes, all of yeah. the above. I am a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely helps get, get stuff done. Yeah. And I, and I do like, I do enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ethan. We really appreciate. I say we like there's anyone else. I really appreciate. <laughs> no, you thanks for having me. I had sharing. a great time. Fun. Okay. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'll post the links to Ethan's Instagram um, in the episode description. Um, what's your it's Instagram handle? At it's umami papi because umami papi on its own was taken so oh, i love that story quickly just tell that story before we wrap it up so umami papi was already taken so ethan actually tried to buy the handle yeah i dm'd guy. the guy that actually had just umami papi and yeah this is very early on like before i had even launched the instagram page so mm. i contacted him and we exchanged a whatsapp information and i oh. i asked him and he said oh you know like i'm in the industry blah blah, blah. like I was like, oh, like, how much you know, would you consider for the handle? He's like, oh, it's pretty sentimental to me, but I'll think about it. And then he's like, sentimental. 5K USD or um, uh, or a stakeholding in the company. Oh, a stakeholding. Wow. I, Man's like, just thinking ahead. I was like, we're well, still very early on, but I was like, yeah. you know, because it's so early on, no, I'm not going to give you stake. And B, mm. 5K USD was a lot of money. Like, it, it is a lot of money, but at the time, even more, because it was the very early days of the business right yeah. now i would probably would consider it. it but yeah you know back then i was like no no way but no nah, it yeah. still comes up if you search it though right if you just search your mummy puppy well it does I know well it, does. it used to and when you type in chili oil mm. on you know people's phones mm. it would pop up and oh. this is my my little trick to get people to like yeah. follow is when i meet them for the first time and they ask about my work i say oh actually do you mind if you search chili oil on instagram do i pop up first mm-hmm. and then usually i do yeah and then they follow it anyway. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, I have to now. But, um, but now I haven't been popping up, which is a bit... Oh, let's test it disappointing. out. Disappointing. No, it, it's going to pop up for you because you already follow the page. Oh, no shit. So, yeah. Should I try uh, it from one of my burner ca- I mean, my um, business account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. Let's try. Um, I have so many. Oh, I, was, I was like, um, what do you call it when you hoard things? I was stockpiling potential podcast names. All right. Chili oil. Yeah. I used to be first. <gasps> now I'm not even there. Even though I've got chili oil in my name. And, oh my God. You've been like, um, oh, here we go. Yeah, I know. But it's not like. Yeah, I know. You've been like. I don't know why. And I'm, I'm, band. Like, I've got digital ads and stuff. Like, <gasps> go inside. Maybe that's why. why. Maybe it's the, I feel like when you start buying ads, they like take you off. Oh, you're not even... Oh, there. there. But still... Your logo is the cutest. I think so too. Joan did a great job. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, I always say we're going to wrap it up and then (laughs) talk for another like five minutes. Um, But yeah, so you guys can find Ethan at It's Umami Puppy on Instagram. Um, There's... Do you have a list of stockists on your website as well if you want to find it in person? Yeah, so you just head to the uh, where to buy and -hmm. there's about, yeah, 72 stockists in australia where you can grab it that's so exciting i highly recommend everyone does try it if they get the chance it's definitely worth it um and yeah i'll leave all the links to ethan's socials below but yeah thanks for listening guys bye